Hey guys, good evening. Welcome to Grace Church. We're glad that you're here tonight. So obviously tonight is a little bit different, right? I think we're set up a little different and we're very, very excited to share communion together, to celebrate our communion services. If you've not been to a communion service at Grace, we're super glad that you're here. Uh, I think tonight will be a powerful night. That's how we've been praying and our first service was was powerful. Uh, If you're visiting tonight, a special welcome to you. Hope you make yourself at home and feel comfortable. We won't make you do anything weird or crazy or anything like that. Um, We're just glad that you're here. So tonight we get a chance to celebrate communion together. And man, I have been so excited for this week. I've been so excited for this week. Because when we celebrate communion, Jesus is at the very center of our focus. You know, we've been saying throughout this series that we just did, kind of looking at the Sermon on the Mount, that it's all really about Jesus. Like, he's the center of our faith. Jesus is, is is the focus. He's the linchpin, we said. And we can get that mixed up. Like, we can, we can get that twisted a little bit and think other things are more important and being a follower of Jesus. Like, well, maybe going to church is more important. Or maybe telling other people about Jesus. I have to tell people about it is more important. You know, maybe, maybe serving others or following rules or whatever it is. Like, we can put these other things and elevate them above Jesus. Guys, listen. The crux of Christianity is Jesus. Pun intended. Crux means cross, right? Like, the heart of Christianity is Jesus. In and through Jesus, we encounter the living God, the powerful God of the universe. And so tonight our focus is very narrow. Tonight our focus is Jesus. And communion, what we're going to celebrate here tonight, is something that the church has been doing uh, for a long, long time. From the very beginning, actually. Jesus instituted communion. He got together with his disciples and he said to them, he said, do this in remembrance of me. And he said to them that you will be blessed if you do these things. And so tonight we join with this ancient practice that the saints, the followers of Jesus, have been doing for the last 2,000 years ever since Jesus first started it. And so tonight I want to challenge you to, to focus on Christ. Like we walk in here with all kinds of distractions, right? Like all kinds of distractions. Maybe my, my job is going really hard. Maybe there's sickness in my family, right? Maybe I have struggle, strife, whatever it is. We have all these distractions that we walk in. I want to challenge you tonight to limit those things and to quiet your heart. Sometimes it's, it's really challenging to quiet our lives, right? Like we're always plugged in. We're always accessible. It's not a challenge you to, to quiet your heart, to focus your mind, and allow Jesus to take center stage, okay? I want to tell you a couple things about how we do communion here because it's a little bit different than maybe some other churches do communion. Um, one of the things that's probably important for us to understand is that as we uh, engage in some of these things tonight, we believe that all of these things are symbolic in nature. Okay, let me give you an example. So when Jesus said, this is my body, he held up a piece of bread and he said, this is my body. And he held up a cup of wine. He said, this is my blood. We believe, we understand what he was saying is this symbolizes my body. This symbolizes my blood, right? Like as he's literally standing there in the flesh, he holds up a piece of bread. We believe that he was saying this symbolizes my body broken for you. And so what's important about that is we don't believe that something happens to the bread and to the juice and to the water, transforming them into something else. The pot, listen, this is important. The power of what we do tonight, it's not in what what we eat. 
The power of what we do tonight isn't in what we do. It's what these things stand for. The power in what we're doing tonight is in what these things symbolize. And that's what we're reminded of tonight. That being said, it's not just about drinking a little juice, eating a little bread, and doing some other stuff. There's something mystical, something mysterious that God does when we celebrate communion together. Because think about it. Communion is a time for your spirit, for your soul, to commune with God's spirit, with who he is. So there's something metaphysical, right? Beyond just the the physical things that God will do in us tonight if we're willing and if we're available and if we let him as his spirit draws our spirit to himself. And so tonight we've got three components, kind of three different things that are happening tonight. First thing is we we already started it. We worship together. So we're going to sing some songs together tonight. John and and David and Marsha are going to lead us in singing things. And I would encourage you, like, so we always have the, the lyrics on the screen, right? Like, don't just read them. Don't just say them. Don't just sing them. But think about those lyrics. Think about what they mean. And I would encourage you tonight to just sort of let go and enjoy yourself. Like, enjoy your time with God. Think about these things and feel some freedom. If you want to clap, clap. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. If you want your eyes open, keep them open. If you want to keep them closed, that's okay too. If you want to sing out loud, that's wonderful. If you want to just quietly listen, that's okay too. Okay? Tonight, we're going to worship, and I want you to connect with Jesus in the way that's best for you to connect with Jesus tonight. Does that make sense? That's the first thing, worship. Second thing is, I'm going to do this. Kind of throughout the night, I'm going to give you some explanation. Understanding is important for us, right? We want to understand what's going on. And so I'll remind you about what Jesus said, and I'll read some of that, and what Jesus did, and why he did those things. So that's the second thing. So we got worship, we got uh, some explanation, and then we're going to experience these things together. So we'll participate in these symbolic actions uh, tonight. And there's three parts to that. These symbolic things that we're going to do. There's three parts. The first one is the love feast, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. The second one is foot washing, which is the one that always makes people uncomfortable a little bit, right? Let me say this. I'll say this a couple more times through the night. Don't worry. We're not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. So if you want to just sit and observe tonight, that's totally cool, okay? So we're going to do the love feast. We're going to do foot washing. And then we're going to do the bread in the cup, which is the one that's probably most familiar to all of us. All three of these things were done by Jesus with his disciples at the very first communion almost 2,000 years ago. You can read about it in all of the Gospels. Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and John 13. It's in all of the Gospels. Okay, So that's what we're going to go through tonight. And again, I want to encourage you to relax. We're not going to make you do anything. If you want to sit and observe, that's totally cool. That being said, don't be afraid to get a little bit uncomfortable tonight. Being too comfortable is not good for our faith. Being too comfortable is not good for our walk with Jesus. And so if, if God's Spirit's stirring your spirit a little bit tonight, I encourage you to step out and do what he's calling you to do. 
So tonight, I want you to relax. I want you to enjoy some time with God. I want you to try to disconnect a little bit from all of the distractions in your life. And we will focus on Jesus. Make sense? That's what we're going to do tonight. So as we start off doing this, one of the things that it says in, that actually Paul says, the Apostle Paul, when he's talking about communion to the Corinthians, it's in 1 Corinthians 11, he says to them, he says, listen, this is a big deal, and we need to, it's communion, and when we celebrate communion, we should do it in a manner worthy of God, okay? And he says this, put that on the screen if you don't mind. He says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. We need to look at our hearts, and we need to kind of evaluate what's going on in our lives, to slow down, to unplug, to disconnect. And so I want to give us a few minutes to do that together. I'm going to lead us in just some prayer time and some quiet time, just to kind of center ourselves, right? And then we're going to go into the love feast, okay? So let's do that. Let's pray together. Father, uh, you tell us to, to stop, to not just go into communion with you in some sort of bold, quick, hurried way. When we're entering into your very presence, and it's a big deal, and we need to do it in a worthy way. And so God, tonight, before we start, I just want to quiet our hearts, and we want you to speak to us. We want to hear from you tonight. God, if we have things in our lives that you're not pleased with, that you're not proud of, I pray you bring those to our mind. Help us to confess those things to you in our hearts. Show us, God, where maybe afterwards, tonight, this week, we may need to do something about that with other people. God, it's so good that we can come to you anytime and you offer us this beautiful forgiveness. So God, I just want to give us a minute to examine our hearts and to listen to you and your spirit. We're here tonight because we either love you and are following you, or we're curious, and we want to know more. And so, God, we trust that you're going to meet us right where we're at tonight. That gives us confidence, Lord. So we open up our hearts to you, and we pray that you would have your way within us. We give you this time, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first part of tonight is called the love feast or agape feast. In Greek, the uh, the word agape means love. And so with the love feast, what we do is we look forward. We look forward to the future ministry of Jesus. Tonight, we're going to spend some time looking forward. We're going to spend some time looking right now in the present and spend some time looking back. With the love feast, we look forward to the future ministry. When one day, everyone will call Jesus, not just Jesus, but King Jesus. 
In the Gospels, it tells about how before Jesus was killed on the cross, he celebrated a meal with his disciples, the Passover meal. And in celebrating this meal with them, he had this time of fellowship. And he had like this wonderful time of enjoyment with them. It said that he'd been looking forward to this time for a long time. And it all points to the day that he's going to feast with them and celebrate with them again. I want to read this to you. This is in Luke chapter 22. We're going to throw it up on the screen too. This is what it says. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. They were enjoying each other. And he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So there's this looking forward, right? He's having this meal with them, but he's also looking forward with them to the time where he will feast with them in the kingdom of God. He goes on. He says, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among you. So there's two cups that he drinks. This is the first one. He says, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, you will not, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So Jesus is looking forward, right, to the one day when his kingdom will be established and we will feast with him. And we get a little bit of a glimpse of this in Revelation 19. This is what it said. It's called the wedding supper of the lamb or the marriage supper of the lamb. And everyone who is a follower of Jesus is invited to this celebration. This is what it says. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. In the Bible, it calls the bride of Christ, that's what they call the church. So the church is called the, which sounds a little weird if we're guys, right? But what it means is that we have an intimate, committed relationship with our Savior, with Jesus. So it says, the wedding of the Lamb has come, his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. See guys, one day, all of us that love Jesus are going to be invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And we're not just bystanders. We're the bride. We're his bride. We're the bride of Christ. And we get to be with King Jesus on his throne forever and ever and ever. And so tonight, this is what we celebrate. This is what the love feast is about. We look forward to that one day when there's no more sickness and pain and suffering and mourning and wars and death and any of those things. It's all gone. All these things that stress us and frustrate us in this life, it's all going to be gone. And Jesus comes back as reigning king, triumphant king. And you and I get to feast with him in a deep, intimate relationship forever and ever. So that's what we get a chance to celebrate here tonight. And so in a second, I'm going to pray for us. And when I'm done praying, you're welcome to get up. And at the table in the back, we have some food, okay? We said this is symbolic, right? So we talk about a feast. This isn't exactly a feast, although I am so, it's really good. I'm so grateful for everybody who put so much time into getting this ready. But it's cheese and crackers and meat and vegetables and all 
some fruit and all that sort of stuff, okay? So it's symbolic, right? But here's what I want you to do. I want you to be excited. This is not like quiet time, quiet, solemn, somber time. This is, man, I cannot wait until one day when Jesus comes back and we will feast with him. So there's excitement and there's joy, okay? So in a second, when I'm done praying, we're going to get up, you'll start at that end, you can go on both sides of the table. We got to go kind of quick, okay? Or else we'll be here too long, all right? So we got to go kind of quick, but on both sides of the table, grab some food, and then here's the thing. Talk to each other, okay? Talk to each other, get to know each other. We're going to be together for eternity, right? We might as well get to know each other a little bit now, all right? So talk to each other, get to know each other, and talk about what it'll be like one day. Like, what are you most excited about when you think about celebrating eternity with King Jesus? Make sense? All right, so I'm going to pray for us, and then we can get started. Father, thank you for tonight. Wow, God. We, we walk in here with all kinds of things on our mind. Hard things, stressful things, painful things, some good things, but lots of baggage. God, one day all of that is going to be gone. And we look forward to the one day when King Jesus reigns and every tongue confesses and every knee bows down that he is Lord forever and ever. And we are your treasured possession. And you're our inheritance. And so God, tonight as we celebrate the love feast, I pray that you would remind us of what's to come. And that you would bubble this excitement up inside of us as we celebrate you. Thank you, Jesus. We give you this time and we love you. In Christ's name, amen. It was just before the Passover festival. And Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, and he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, and he said to him, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, 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 said Peter. You're never going to wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter said, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why I said that not everyone was clean. When he finished washing their feet, he put on clothes and his clothes and returned to his place. He said to them, he said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
foot washing is the second part of our communion services. And whereas the love feast looks at the future ministry of Jesus, foot washing looks at the present ministry of Jesus in our lives. When Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he said, after you've had a bath, after you've been made clean, he said, you still need to keep washing your feet. And when he says, after you've had a bath, I want you to think, think baptism, which symbolizes the cleansing that you receive when you first choose to love and follow Jesus, right? We're cleansed by his grace. But even after you've had a bath, if you've walked very much, you know that your feet get a little bit dirty, right? Especially if you're wearing sandals, your feet get dirty. So Jesus is using a metaphor here to show us that even after we're forgiven, even after we're forgiven of our sins, we're made clean by him. When we followed him very long in this world, we get a little dirty, right? Our feet get a little bit dirty. We sometimes make mistakes. We sometimes make bad decisions. Sometimes we hurt people. Sometimes we put ourselves above other people and we need forgiveness. We need our feet washed by Jesus. And so as part of our communion service, we celebrate this and we get a chance to be Jesus to each other. We get a chance to wash each other's feet and have our feet washed by others. That's the first focus of foot washing. But I think that there's a second focus that Jesus gives us here. First, we remember our continued need for forgiveness, right? Our continued need to claim the grace that God gives us, right? To be forgiven by Him in this life. That's the first thing. But the second thing, I think this teaches us humility. And I think this teaches us service to others. Jesus, think about this. Jesus, the God of the universe, washed his disciples' dirty, stinky feet. Like, think of, just stop and think about that for a second. We believe Jesus is God himself, fully God. And he humbled himself to wash his, his friends' feet, who were so flawed, who he knew all of them would betray him shortly. He bends down and he washes their feet. And then he tells us to follow their example. And so tonight, humbly, we serve each other. We make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable so that we can serve one another. And I'll say it again. This is, so this is the part that's, that's the most uncomfortable for us, right? Like feet are gross. I get it. We all, we all understand that, right? And I would, I, I would say if you want to sit and observe tonight, boy, that's okay. Just sit and watch. But think about this. Think about what Jesus did for his disciples. Think about his his ministry in your life right now as you get your feet dirty. But I also challenge you, if he's maybe stirring your heart, maybe some of you, I bet, I'll bet some of you have never done it before. It's okay. Maybe tonight's the night that you try to do this for the first time. And so we've got some wet wipes. Remember, this is symbolic, right? So we don't even have basins of water and towels and stuff like that. But we got wet wipes. And it does the same purpose. They're kind of spread out under the benches around here. And we have trash cans here as well. And maybe uh, you, wanna, you came with somebody and you want to wash each other's feet. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a friend of yours. Uh, maybe you're here by yourself and you don't have somebody 
somebody to, to do this with, that's okay. Just, just sit and wait. Some of us will be kind of wandering around a little bit and checking in with you. And if you sit here and uh, you just want to watch tonight and somebody approaches you, just say, you know, I'm just going to watch tonight. And it's, it'll be no problem. We'll move on to somebody else. Okay? But I would encourage you to think about Jesus' ministry in your life right now as you get your feet dirty. And think about how beautiful it is that he humbled himself to wash his disciples' feet and what it looks like in your life to humble yourself and to serve your fellow man. Okay? So I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll give us a, a few minutes to do that. And then again, when you hear the band come back up and start playing, that's our cue to stop. Okay? Father, uh, we realize that... Even though you declare us forgiven through Jesus, through his sacrifice at the cross, which we're going to look at here in a second, we realize that we get our feet dirty and we still make mistakes and we still act selfish. We still sin. And God, we are so grateful for your continued grace in our lives. And this reminds us of our continued need. It wasn't a one-time thing for us. But it's our continued need to depend on you. And so, God, we get a chance to represent you right now to the people around us by washing each other's feet. And God, as we do, I pray that you remind us of our need for you and our need to serve each other and love each other, to step out of what's comfortable for us to love other people. So, God, we give you this time, and we pray that you'd have your way in our heart. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, feel free. So the final element of our communion services is the bread and the cup. This is probably the part that's most familiar to many of us. And the bread and the cup look back at Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And so we have the love feast that looks forward to the one day. We wash each other's feet and have our feet washed and remind us of our continued need for Jesus and the, the desire to, to love and serve each other, right? Put each other's needs ahead of ours. And then we look back at Jesus' sacrifice at the cross, the event that changed the course of human history, paid for our sins, and washed us with his grace if we've chosen to follow Jesus. And so he shares with them, Jesus gives his disciples and us a symbol of the sacrifice that he was going to make with them, for them, and us shortly. He shares with them a piece of broken bread and a cup that signify his sacrifice on the cross, his body broken for us, and his blood poured out for us. And so in Luke 22, it says that he took bread and gave thanks and broke it, and he gave it to them, to his disciples, and he said, this is my body, this symbolizes my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. See, just hours after this event, Jesus would suffer a brutal, horrible death on a cross. His body would be broken. His blood would be poured out. 
His sacrifice was the culmination of all of the animal sacrifices that the Jewish people had done for years, for centuries and centuries and centuries to pay for their sins. No longer. No longer. It all pointed to what God the Father would do for us in Jesus. To die for the sins of the world, for a rebellious people, for people like us, so that we could be washed whiter than snow and no longer be condemned. But we even call Jesus, call God our Father. And we're His children and we're His friends. And so, through the cross of Jesus Christ, we never again need to stand condemned. Never again. We never again need to do things to try to pay for our sins, sacrifice animals, shed blood. Never again. Never again. We have direct access to God anytime that we want. And we have the hope of eternity with Him. And so tonight, as we share the bread and the cup, I want you to remember... I want you to remember. I want you to remember what Jesus did. I want you to remember the cross. I want you to remember how the only one who didn't deserve to suffer and die suffered and died for you and for me. And I want you to let those memories that you're feeling as you look back, as you think back, bubble up into worship in you. As you talk to Jesus and you allow his spirit to permeate your spirit. Worship him tonight. So we're going to take the bread and the cup here in a second. I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to sing a couple songs. The band's going to actually two songs, okay? And any time during those songs, I want you to feel free to come up and grab a piece of bread and a cup and take it back to your seat. And if you want to take it right away, that's great. If you want to sit and hold it for a minute, that's fine. If you want to take it together with somebody that you came with or somebody that's around you, that's fine. Your family, whatever you want to do, okay? Whenever you're ready. But I want you to look back and remember what our God did in sending His only Son to die for you and me. So no longer are we condemned. No longer do we carry the weight of our rottenness and our sin. But instead we stand forgiven as children of the Holy God who know Him and love Him and will one day spend eternity with Him. So I'm going to pray for us. Father, it blows my mind that you would love me that much. I know my heart. I know my history, my past. I know the baggage I have in my life and the baggage I've created in other people's lives to think that you would love me and you'd forgive me and you'd offer me peace with you by sending your son to die for me. I I can't even fathom it. I can't imagine it. And yet it's exactly what you've done. Jesus, we remember the cross. We remember your obedience. We remember the suffering that you went through for us. Willingly. Because you love us. Right where we're at tonight. You love us. And so tonight we stop beginning of the week and we remember and as we remember we worship you because you're God and you're worthy so we give you this time
precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. In honor for who you are and what you've done for us, our hearts cry hallelujah because Jesus died for us. And yet he didn't just stay dead, but the tomb was empty because he's risen. He's conquered sin and death. And no longer do we stand condemned, but we're free. We're free indeed because of Jesus. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you for sending Christ. Thank you for the sacrifice that he made. Thank you for our continued need for him now. And we look forward to one day when King Jesus reigns on the throne. We thank you for tonight, God. And we pray that it doesn't just end here. But Lord, continue to teach us as we seek you. Convict us where we need conviction. And God, may we love and serve you as we love and serve others. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen.